whether it's taking care of family. Ugh, Mikey, stop harassing your sister. Climbing the corporate ladder. Yes, yes, yes. We need to create a new spreadsheet for the project. I know, I know. Or even taking care of loved ones. I'm here for you, Mom. You have to put you first. It's the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. Hey, you all. It's your host, Amanda Smith of the Know You First podcast. And it's getting kind of bittersweet, sad to say. I'm just having way too much fun hosting this show week after week and connecting with some incredible people uh, during this journey. And of course, engaging with all of you, uh, my listeners, you guys are the real MVPs of it all because you fuel me to keep this message of love and self-care going week after week. You have no idea how much growth I've endured since this first season uh, with this constant weekly enforcement of selfish moment goodness. (laughs) And now for the bitter piece of all of this. Um, This season, guys, will be coming to an end with episode 17, which is in a couple weeks. Yes, I know. um, It's a tragedy. Um, Like I said, I'm just having way too much fun on this, but it's coming to an end. Um, Yeah, mama needs a break. (laughs) This has been so much fun and I've gotten into my routine and, you know, we were rolling, but I'm going to practice what I preach and take my selfish moment, put me first for at least the next couple of months and come back strong and rejuvenated. And uh, man, if you only had an inkling about where this show is going, let me just say the journey continues and it's going to be fine. (laughs) Okay, so uh, for now, let's talk about our strong friends. You know who you are. I am you. We are one and the same. We are exhausted. So this episode is super special to me because I was able to utilize much of the tools shared and adopt it into my own practices. It ain't easy though, y'all. So, you know, I'm just going to start there. Um, But, you know, we do have to get started and um, look no further. You know, it's all here going down uh, on this episode of uh, Check on Your Strong Friend. So um, today, uh, like after you hear this episode, do that. Uh, Make that call, send that text, send that email. Um, I want you to get inspired after this episode. And we all have that strong friend within our tribe, within our network. Uh, You know who they are. So, all right, let's get into it. The Spotlight. I'm taking a little bit of a twist on this week's Spotlight and highlighting two people, two strong friends who are actually no longer with us. They are pioneers within their own right, breaking many barriers in beauty and fashion and accessories design. They are T.T. Branch, co-founder of Miss Jessie's Natural Hair Care line, some of the pioneers who broke into the natural hair game many, many, many years ago before all the others were popping up, but she owns this um, business with her sister, Miko Branch. And I also want to highlight Kate Spade. Uh, She's an accessory designer specializing in handbags. I mean, you really couldn't find anyone, especially back in the day, any woman who didn't own one. All ethnicities and people of all various backgrounds rocked her bags. I'm highlighting both of them because they 
both came to mind when I thought of the focus for this show. One could look at their lives and it appeared that they just had it all together. You know, straight bosses owning multi-million, billion dollar businesses with the lifestyle to match. I'm not in the least saying that their loved ones did not, in fact, check up on them or try to help them. But who knows? I, I just don't I don't know the specific details surrounding their mental health issues. But again, things appeared good. They looked great even. So we can we can't really go around always assuming that just because the surface looks pretty, there isn't something else underlying going on. Uh, we have to stop that. You know, still reach out, remind your friends who who you are, how much of an impact they have on your life, how much you mean to them. Um, you know, tell them that they can, you know, put their cape down every once in a while and have a listening ear. You know, so shout out to both of these phenomenal women who have taught us so much about grit and grace and love. Exclusive guest interviews. My special guest this week is super special because she is a friend of the family on my husband's side who I just adopted as my big sister because she is such goals when it comes to badassery, if you know that's even a word. She is uh, simply radiant inside and out and her name is Stephanie Singfold, who is an author, entrepreneur, an expert in marketing and communications. Uh, she is a strong friend and shares some of her journey on this show on rebuilding her life after the loss of two very special people in her life, her father and more recently her, her husband. She is also a mother performing the day-to-day -day activities with uh, trying to, you know, simply care for her son and maintain some sort of normalcy for him. You know, you are just simply in for a very sweet treat. Um, I'm not going to delay this any further. Uh, Stephanie Singfold, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, I'm just so glad to get on your schedule because you are one busy woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm too busy for my own self, Amanda. I'm telling you, I can't tell whether I'm coming or going half the time, but you, this was important. So I made sure I took the time, whether it was eight o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock at night. So. Well, I certainly appreciate it. I know that you are a novelist and I know that a lot of the things that you like to do is kind of put some of your real world experiences into the work that you do and in, in, in the books that you write. And before we kind of get into the meat of, you know, the podcast content, you know, can't stop, won't stop. Some of the motivation behind the work that you do as an accomplished author, you know, and what you're trying to accomplish overall with your work. Ooh. Well, that's that's an interesting question. You know, the the first book that I wrote, Amanda, was um, I actually started writing it unknowingly as my father was transitioning in 2011. And I really didn't know that I was writing the book. What I was doing was journaling. My sister and I both decided because we have real strong personalities that we would switch up spending time. Shout out to Shelby. Hey, girl. Hey, Shout out to Shelby, my older sister. We would switch up spending time with my mom and dad just so that we could help my mom better and that we wouldn't have kind of a power struggle. And so on the days when I was with my mom and dad and she wasn't, I would send her just long notes, long texts, long emails about what he was doing, what he said, what he didn't say, how he felt. And um, when my dad passed away, um, about three or four months after he passed away, I just started really turning some of those journal writings into 
I didn't even realize I was writing a book at, actually at the time. I mean, I just started writing in this little bitty journal. That little bitty journal became like a medium-sized journal and then the medium-sized journal became a large journal. Before I knew it, I had written probably 50,000 words. And wow. my husband said, what are you doing? I said, I think I'm writing a book. I had no idea though I was writing a book. So Isn't it funny how that worked out? <laughs> it's funny how it worked out. And um, I didn't even know where it was going, how it was going to start. I mean, I, I've always been like you, Amanda, an avid reader. I've always read, you know, books, books, books. I got that from my mom. She was an avid and still is an avid reader. And um, I looked up at the end of the day and I had you know, four or five journals worth of book, you know, four or five really thick journals. And I had written a book and then I thought, now what do I do? So that's, that's kind of how I started. Right. And, and with that, so it was sort of like, you know, something that you were doing to kind of help yourself. And it actually turned out to be like a, a, a tool that you could use for what you were going through. I love those things um, that happen when we're not planning for it. Um, I feel like, you know, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a big religious person, but I'm certainly a big spiritual person. And when that happens, it's just, you. I mean, you have to recognize it, you know, and what it is, um, which is a gift, you know? Um, and, you know, I, I'd be curious to know, because I know the first book that you had, Shoot Your Lights Out, um, and I know you've had some that followed. Do you have a favorite, per se? You know, I, the, my favorite was probably Shoot the Lights Out, because okay. that was the very raw... Um, I had to kind of work through a lot of emotions, a lot of, um, I should have gone to counseling. My mom told my sister and I, you should go to counseling. And I never did after my dad passed away. And that was just kind of the way I worked through a lot of those emotions and those feelings. And, um, and I also really wanted to pay tribute to my dad because he, to me, was one of the most phenomenal people I had ever met. And not because he was my dad. I mean, even if you took the dad hat off, he was just a great person who really touched a lot of lives and, and really encouraged a lot of people. He helped a lot of people um, do a lot of great things. And it was a great way for me to pay tribute to my mom um, and our family. And I have these kooky friends who were great. And, you know, so I really just celebrated a lot of things in that book, probably way too many things. And that's the reason why I did, you know, a sequel and then one after, because I'd started all this stuff and people said, well, we want to hear more. And I thought, well, heck, I was just going to write one book. So it really helped me work through a lot of emotions. That's great. And I never had the pleasure of meeting your dad, but certainly um, with his passing and because, you know, we have, of course, lots of mutual family and friends. Um, you know, I, I felt like I was, you know, impacted by him through you. And because I did have a chance to read the book, um, I have dealt with a, a loss um, of a parent, uh, my mother, she passed. And, um, you know, it's something that it's a void. And it's something that really never really goes away. Like, if I sat in those emotions and feelings, I, I felt like it just happened yesterday, you know, um, so I think it's really important to have some kind of outlet to just get those emotions out. Um, so that's interesting that you said that that was your favorite. Um, well, a lot of the books that you have written, Shoot the Lights Out and the ones that follow, always had some kind of underlying theme of resilience. And I think it kind of speaks to you and your spirits. It's fun to just sit back and watch people, <laughs> watch what we do, what we say, how we dance. I mean, music comes on and we just start moving. Yes. Um, we're always tapping. We're always yelling. We're very expressive. <laughs> you know, I, I hate our struggle, but because of our struggle, it's made us the way we are. It just, it excites me to just kind of watch how people evolve and yes. how people react to things. And 
For me, it was really important for me. I have been very fortunate to have a lot of great female friends and a lot of great male friends, a lot of great um, mentors, a lot of great bosses. I have a, you know, my older sister is amazing and she's, because we're six years apart, she always just kind of, she was my sister, but she also was my mother sometimes. Um, Sometimes sometimes that was bad, but just (laughs) watching Evolve, my mother is one of 14 kids, very similar to- I had no um, idea. What? Oh my gosh. Rashad's mom, you know, how big their family is. And so watching kind of how they have- um, evolved. Their family yeah. has evolved and their family structure has always been very interesting to me, the oldest versus the youngest, those such things. So really to me, it was a great way for me to just talk about and process how my mom has dealt with a lot of things with her family, how I've dealt with a lot of things, how sports has really helped shape mm-hmm. the very core of who I am, how it's really made me tough. And so I probably, like I said, my editor said, you've got a lot of things. You've got a lot of things going on in this book, Stephanie. And you know, you're going to have to keep exploring that. It was very hard for me to hone in on just one or two things. And so that's one of the reasons why I think I covered so many things in that book. Well, I think it was very well captured. And I agree. The tenacity of our people is just so undeniable. Um, Yeah, the struggle sucks and, you know, our history sucks, but you're right. Look what it has done. It's in our DNA now that, you know, this this, um, resilience that you speak of. What do you feel kind of trips people up the most when they're trying to overcome loss? Because with that resilience, you know, we try to beat everything to everybody. (laughs) You know, that's just how we naturally roll, especially as women. Um, I would love to just kind of see what you in, in your work and, and maybe just just your relationships, what you've kind of observed and how people deal with loss and adversity and um, what kind of trips people up. Now, I think the biggest thing that trips people up is that because we're so resilient, we don't stop. Yeah. When we lose someone, we tend to just with my dad as an example. He passed away. I didn't stop working. Um, I think I stayed. My mom, my, my mom passed. I didn't either. Yeah, we just we kept going. My mom sent my sister and I home three or four days after we buried him because she was resilient, said, I'm going to be fine. You guys live your life and um, really figure out how much losing him affected every corner of my life. And also at the time, um, my husband was has was ill pretty much our entire marriage. And so I just took care of him and worked and ran a business and I just never stopped. And I think that's the thing that trips us up the most is that we just never stop. And so when I lost my husband almost a year ago, everything came to a screeching halt because I lost him and because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Ooh, double whammy. Yeah. So it's a double whammy. And on top of that, we had one of the biggest um, tornadoes that has hit our city in yes. 10 years. And so I was actually paralyzed. I mean, not only... And then you have a son, a little baby. Well, he's a toddler now. (laughs) Yes, I had. He was five at the time. And I, you know, so a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. And I didn't know how to manage it. And my mom said, this time you're going to get counseling. She's like, you didn't do it with your daddy. But this time you're going to do that. And I said, but I've got um, I have a girlfriend named Dominique. She's a social worker. I've got her. She's like, nope, you need a counselor, someone that you can really. And so. The biggest thing, I'm answering your question, I'm sorry, but is no. that we don't stop. We yes. don't stop to do anything. That's what trips us up the most. 
Yeah. And it's really interesting that you say that because (laughs) at my mom's funeral, I think I was just so numb to everything because it was such a pivotal moment. I'm the oldest in my, um, in terms of my sibling, I do have a younger sister. She's five years apart. And with her passing was not, I felt like I didn't have time to really mourn because I'm like, okay, I am instantly an adult. (laughs) Like I was an adult when she was, when she was ill and passing, but I'm like really adult right now because I had to figure out, okay, I, there's no crutch or default or anyone I can necessarily lean on in that mother figure at the time. Um, I just knew that it was time for me to make some changes. And so um, and I didn't really have a lot of time to, to mourn and all that. But um, I do have a wonderful husband. I do have a wonderful mother-in-law. Um, I feel like she is an absolute gift from God, um, a gift from my mother, almost like my mom was like, um, okay, I have to leave, but this wonderful woman is going to help you and support you uh, throughout the rest of your journey. And it exactly happened just like that. <laughs> we'll have more with our guest on the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. And we are back on the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. So you talked a little bit about your selfish moment story. And just so you know, Stephanie, what we do on the show is these selfish moments, when you hear the word selfish, it has such a negative connotation. But I'm trying to transform that word because what it is, what we need to do to kind of get to the next little declutter is really focus inward. It really Mm -hmm. does start with us as individuals to make the change that we want to see happen. Mm -hmm. And so for you, you know, it was therapy. But if there's anything else you can share in your selfish moment journey um, as it related either to your loss or your career or anything personal you'd like to share, I just want to know what you had to do, Stephanie, to say enough is enough and it's time to make some changes. Oh, yeah. I have had several of those (laughs) selfish moments. I mean, and my mom and sister will tell you too. um, After Gerald passed away, and that was, I think my dad passing away, you know, 11 years earlier, really kind of helped me prepare um, for losing Gerald because that was really, and we've had, in our family, when you have a big family, you have a lot of deaths. I mean, mm-hmm. it like I naturally, mean, yes. one time, like, it seems like every other year we're losing someone. And yeah. so I almost come desensitized to death, not the loss, but just like, okay, plan funeral, go to a funeral, make chicken, macaroni. Same, that is Ah, we've come to this crazy. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of become desensitized because you have to be resilient now. You've got to keep moving. And so, um, when, after Gerald passed away, um, and with me, you know, we have a couple several businesses and I just knew you got to get on automatic pilot because nothing is going to stop. You know, you've got to keep moving even with COVID, but, um, I will never forget. I was, I have one of my closest friends has an edible arrangements business and I'll go in once every few weeks and just kind of help her, whatever she needs to do. I'll just do it. And I will never forget. We were, she was sitting, standing across from me five feet away. And she said to me, I know you are hurting. I know that you are sad and I know that you're depressed, but you look like three hells. And (laughs) You need those friends. (laughs) Not yeah, you do. And she said, and you don't need to look like what you're going through. 
And she said, and I know that I'm probably going to upset you, but I love you and you people are watching and you, while you can go through whatever you need to behind closed doors, when you walk out that gate, I need you to look like something. And she looked at me and she kind of backed up because she was like, she's getting ready to beat my ass. Excuse me. <laughs> backed up and I just busted out laughing. I mean, I laughed and I laughed and I laughed. She was speaking the truth. You couldn't even deny it. <laughs> the truth. And that day, I um, I called a personal trainer because I was overweight, um, and I started working out three days a week, really hard. I, you know, I've always mom is we've always gone every other week to get our hair done, so that didn't stop. I took a makeup class because I was like, I gotta learn how to put on makeup because I clearly don't know how to do that. Um, and I really just started, you know, doing, I told my people at the office, I'm checking out for a while. I'll come in here maybe an hour or two a day um, and talk to our high net clients. I'll return phone calls. I'll check my emails. I'll make sure you're paid every two weeks, but I need you to run the office until I can get myself together. And, um, and I, you know, called my mom and sister and said, look, I've, I need to take care of my, I realized that for the last, Jordan and I had been married for almost 16 years. I had spent oh, wow. much time taking care of him and then trying to help my mom as much as I could when my dad was sick and then taking care of this baby. I just had completely neglected myself and mm-hmm. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like the way, I just didn't like, I loved myself, but I didn't like myself. And so I really have been taking this last year, taking the time. They'll know three days a week. She's at the gym. Don't bother her. Right. Um, you know, I just I really took the time to try to do some things to take care because I realized, too, you know what? I'm his I'm all my baby's got. That's right. As my mom and my sister and other people. And we have a great village. But if I don't take care of myself, I can't take care of him. And so I have really, really been trying to do a lot of things to just make sure that I'm taking care of myself, not just my body, but also you know, spending more time in prayer, spent being more intentional about what I'm asking the Lord to do for me. And, um, and then really trying to be intentional about what I'm spending my time doing. And so that was, you know, so I've been selfish for a whole year, basically. (laughs) Well, good for you. And for one shout out to friends who like tell you about yourself, right? (laughs) You need those in your life. Um, because, Sort of like you, um, I'm sometimes can be very headstrong and I do have a very uh, wonderful friend network who are just like, Amanda, you need to sit down somewhere because you don't know everything. So go sit down somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And you need those friends and you're not always just singing your praises. I have the sister circle of friends and we're just very honest with each other. And I think turning, you know, late 40s, 50 is very freeing because you tend to really just kind of say what's on your mind. But I mean, they all, they tell me all kinds of stuff. They'll be like, you need to get some, you need to go shop these new clothes. You lost all this weight, these clothes are too big. And I'm like, <laughs> no, so really it's good not to just have family that will, you know, push you and tell you, but also have people around you that don't mind doing that. So yeah, I've been Absolutely. pretty selfish. Yeah. And I <laughs> encourage people to be more selfish too. I'm Absolutely. Really- you need it. You need that tribe. Um, and it's funny that you also said, um, you know, when you didn't have time to really address some of these emotions that happened with your dad and just address some of these emotions that happened with your husband, you probably thought you were putting on a face, but it still showed up in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. Even when we were, you know, we we do that oftentimes, you know, we kind of mask the the pain in our issues 
but little do we know it is still showing up in something or another. And whether we discover it ourselves or people around us do, it, it does show up. So you said you are an entrepreneur with a few businesses. I know you also have a demanding career. You know, you're your mom. How in the world are you balancing it all um, in, in terms of, you know, I know you said you do go to get your hair done still, but, you know, that's still a lot going on. And everyone wants a little piece of you, Steph. <laughs> so, so balancing this all out, like one or two things, if you could share. Well, you know, I, people have I've had that question asked to me probably four times this year, Amanda. And I have said that's probably not a good question for me. I'm not really sure if I um, if I'm good. But one of the things that I've always been decent at is is doing a lot of things at the same time. It really is kind of how I live my life. I mean, I'm also building a house, but that's a whole nother story. So. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> yeah, of course I am. And so um, that and then I have just learned to really do the things that make me happy first. And the things don't bring me joy or if I feel like they waste my time, I have learned to say no, or I've learned to say, you know what? Um, I can't do that, but let me recommend somebody who can, because the good thing about being somewhat of an influencer, if that's even a word, is that it's totally a word and it's totally you. (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know about that, that, but I, I tease one of, I'm kind of getting off kilter here, but one of my employees has a accessory business and I have told her, you need a middle-aged influencer because you're a millennial and um, middle-aged people are the ones that have money and they're going to be your customers. And so I have promoted myself to her middle-aged influencer. And so that's kind of our joke. I'm like, do you want me to wear these beads, girl? I can get you some business. But I have learned um, to say no to the things that make me happy and to spend time with the people who make me happy. And those people that don't make me happy and that drain me, um, I will find someone for them to spend time with, or I will let them figure out that they're draining and so that they can kind of start all over. But um, as far as balance, you know, my, my main priority is obviously my child and my family and my work. My business is very important to me too. But I've realized that I have a great team and that they can handle 95%, 99% of the things that go on. They only need me for about 1%. And um, I've given up that control because I'm a control freak. And I've just decided, you know what, I can't control a lot of that. And they're really good at what they do. And so, um, and as far as other people, I think people give you grace when they think that you're going through some things. And so people have extended some grace to me. Um, on some things. And I've just really kind of learned that, you know what, whatever life I have left, I want to spend it doing the things I enjoy doing and not doing the things that I don't enjoy doing. So that's kind of how I balance things. Well, I love that. And I think that's something that we all kind of um, do as we get older. I think that you kind of start to evolve and um, you realize that some people are really seasonal, Mm -hmm. you know, really. Yeah. Short season people, and then you have those long season people that you kind of ride with until the wheels fall off. And that's right. That's right. I've been fortunate to, you know, most of the people that, you know, um, our relationships have evolved some, obviously, everybody's does, but I have really been really fortunate to have some really, really good friends. And, you know, my sister Shelby and then my cousin Kim, who's like a sister, you know, they're, we're really close. And, and, you know, they're probably my best friends. My mom and I are extremely close. And, um, and kind of like this, the family that you married into, they are, 
they probably don't have a lot of friends because they're each other's friends. That's right. That's so true. That is you know, so they true. They hang out with each other. And, um, and that's kind of what we do too. But, um, and then when you know this, because you are in this space where you are just, you're an amazing person, your circle gets smaller and smaller because you can't trust a lot of people yes. um, with yes. your stuff. And so yes. you realize that you have to kind of keep it really tight because yes. the people that you're talking to, you need to be able to tell your stuff to, but you don't want to hear it on the street too. That's so. right. That's right. Oh, excellent point. Excellent point. I am so like, because I have so many different interests um, and I remember reading um, a bio of yours online where you refer to yourself as the Renaissance woman. <laughs> and I'm like, that is so me. But because of that, I always have to, I'm easily distracted. Okay. Like I'm that person that will see that shiny thing and be like, whoop, whoop, you know what I mean? Um, so I need like words of affirmation and then things just around me that constantly are inspiring and motivating. One of the things that we do in the Know You First podcast also is we, I have the segment called the word and the word is mainly a quote or some words of affirmation that you may have heard or something that you try to live by day to day to keep you motivated. I always ask my guests, what, what are those words for you? Because it's always something different for everyone. And if you have a quote or so um, that you can share, I would love to hear what motivates Stephanie on a daily. Mm, um, you know what? I, I like affirmation, obviously, too. I think um, we're people who are driven have to have somebody that can affirm how wonderful they are. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. and I have a lot. I mean, I've got poems that I love and poets that I love. Um, but one of the things that my sister and I talk about a lot is that our dad was almost a poet in his own right. I mean, he had all these sayings and crazy stuff he'd say to us. And hell, we didn't know what they meant really <laughs> a lot of the times. But one of the things that he, my mom and dad I always taught Shelby and I to do things with excellence, mm-hmm. even the tiny things. Um my sister and I are, are planners. Shelby's a much better event planner than me because she can focus. I'm like you. I have a hard time focusing, so I'm kind of all over the place. But um, they always taught us to do things the right way, treat people the right way, um, and that those things would come back to us. Not doing it for those reasons, but, you know, it's kind of like the scripture given and, and it's given back to you, pressed down, shaken together. I mean, um, you reap what you sow. Is what Absolutely. My dad always told my sister and I, um, because your mom and I have always made you and your sister do things the right way that your good is most people's best. Mm, wow. That has always resonated with me is that um, because we've always tried to operate at the highest level that on those days when we don't feel like we're doing our best is that we have to remember that when we're even at our good, we're still operating at most people's best. Yes. And um, and I've had a lot of days like that in the last year where I just felt like I was only good. You know, I was only being good. I'm only doing good. You're only yes. doing good. But then I hear my dad in my ear saying, you know what, Slim, you're good as most people's best. You're OK. If you're doing just good today, you're actually having a really good day. So that's one of the yes. sayings resonates, you know, resonates with me the most. Yeah. And, and in a sense, him saying that it's almost like kind of give yourself some grace because, you know, you have this thing in your head. And maybe it's cultural um, to be perfect. And so in in the pursuit of perfection, 
that can be kind of damaging to your to your ego, <laughs> you know, trying to figure out how in the world can I just always be perfect. So knowing that you can have some grace and have some good days and not great days, mm-hmm. um, but still, like you said, maintaining um, your integrity and being a good person. Um, I, I really love that quote because it's so authentic and genuine and something that we don't oftentimes hear and see, you know, is um, is how to be a really just genuine good person. Yeah. And I and I have um, it's so funny because people have this image of who they think you are. Of course. And yeah. <laughs> I've had so many people that have sat down with me and they're like, you cuss <laughs> like, a lot, but I try not to do it around my mom as much. Um, you, you say those things, you feel that way. I'm like, I'm just like everybody else. I mean, you know, people have helped me. I've had people sponsor me, helped me get promoted. I've had people that pull me by my collar and said, that was wrong. And you need to go back this way. I've had people that said that was a bad decision. I mean, I've always had people in my life that have checked me. Yes. Yes. Mentors, my parents, those types of people. And what I always try to tell people is that you see me after I've been kind of washed, I've been taken through the washing machine. I've been <laughs> washed. I've been rinsed. I've been wrong. You see that, but you didn't see me 20 years ago when I was <laughs> grinding and trying to figure out where I was going to go and what I was going to do and what my career was going to look like. But the bottom line is even, you know, your Oprah's and your Gail's, they're just like us. I mean, yes. they underwear on just like we do. And they're real, real people. Yes. Um, just want to be treated like they are. So yeah, that's one of the things I really try to tell people I mentor. Look, I'm just like you are. I might be in a different stage, um, but I'm just like you are 20 years ago or 15 years ago. And my goal is to try to help you not be where I am, but to exceed me. I mean, I want people yes. that are jumping over my shoulders and they're doing way better than I can do because that's success to me. When I can see yes. you succeeding and you're winning, I, that to me is a win for me. Yes. I, I don't know how much longer I have on this earth, but my goal is to really try to help women, especially men too, but women especially see how powerful they are and how smart they are and gifted and that they can really, really be successful. I love that you say that. And like you, um, you know, I tell people, um, you can never compete with me because I'm rooting for you. There's exactly. not, if we can't all have fun in this space and uh, reap the benefits of our work and labor, then what are we doing this for? It's it's lonely at the top, you know? So I'm gonna need you to come up here with me. <laughs> so. And to me too, you know, it's, um, I think the higher you go or the perception of, of you being wherever you yes. are, it puts more pressure on you to yes. perform and to, and I'm really kind of at that point now, I've done a lot of good things. I think I've had some successes. I've been blessed, you know, to be a lot of times at the right place at the right time with the right people at the right time. Um, and I know that God has shown me a ton of favor. And But, you know, for me, if I can, if I can give you one nugget or tell you one thing, you know what? I, mm, someone called me today and said, we want you to talk to the mayor to be's spouse. And I said, well, I don't really want to do that, but here's somebody you can call because mm-hmm. she's much better to me. She'd be a much better person to speak with the mayor than I would. I don't have a whole lot of, um, it's very difficult for me to hold my tongue. You probably don't want me to be on this. <laughs> so, um, but to me, it's just kind of helping us be better. I mean, yeah. we're better. What a great way to end this fabulous interview. Um, 
Stephanie, always a pleasure. Again, I know with this pandemic, at some some point, I would love to, I guess if we're going to have a family reunion, I don't even, that's a big question mark this year, but I do hope yes. to make my I'll way down. So yes, <laughs> I will be there so we can just sit and talk about a whole lot of something or a whole lot of nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And with that, Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on the Know You First podcast. I hope later on down the line, you can jump back on and share a little bit more of you. Um, but I do appreciate it. And thank you for all the work that you're doing. Thank you for having me. And I just love what you're doing. Tell me how I can support you more, how I can tell more people about you, because I would love that. I just love that you are finding people that are um, just energetic and empowering. I mean, I just think that's what we need now, the way the world is. We just need some people that can we can hear that are just wonderful people. So let me know how I can support you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. The Word. The Word. The word this week is, you're not working this hard to be the same person you were yesterday by talent developer, brand influencer, fitness enthusiast, uh, Sharon Washington, who hails from my city, Washington, D.C., and can be found on IG at The SW Life. This quote is super amazing because it reminds me of the work that we're doing on ourselves Um, that that work will render a different person. So don't look shook when you start looking in the mirror and noticing um, there's some changes going on. Um, You may not even recognize the person looking back at you. Um, As human beings, we, you know, we need to evolve and adapt and be fluid and agile. Why? Because, you know, this is life. You can plan all you want. And I'm not saying don't have a plan. Um, We definitely need our North Stars, but just know that if you stay ready, you're going to be ready. And with that, continue to grow and know that it's going to look different and feel different. And that's okay and to be expected. It's Amanda Smith, y'all. Join me next week right here on the Know You First podcast. Executive producer and host, Amanda Smith. Sound engineer is Rashad Smith. Music by Motion Array. Know You First podcast is published by Wave Sync Media.